What's up? It's Tommy Green. You're listening to the Rev Talks podcast brought to you by the Rev Gatherings, digital tribe of up-and-comers, emerging leaders, doing our best to keep in step as the face of the church changes in our generation. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, welcome home. If you are a returning visitor, hiya. Feel free to subscribe, share it around, give us a five-star review. Tell somebody. If you like what you hear, please let us know. You can reach out to us at therevgatherings.com. Feel free to email us at therevgatherings at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy the episode. See you on the other side. and it's August of 2020 and I'm realizing that I need to release this episode. So I am releasing an episode of me from Super Bowl Sunday 2020. Uh, It's an important day in the realm and world of human trafficking and to be completely honest I can't remember what else I talked about. So your guess is as good as mine. So welcome to this episode of uh, me, Tommy Green, talking on Super Bowl Sunday. Enjoy. See you on the other side. Oh, um, hey. Well, welcome, welcome. <clears throat> Back to this episode of the Rep Talks podcast. Um, I was taking a second, it's like a Sunday. Um, it's actually Super Bowl Sunday. So I'm believing for a few different things today. <clears throat> One of them is yet again for people to realize that uh, at least in America, Super Bowl Sunday is like a really profound and very profitable day for human traffickers and those that would exploit um, men, women, and children. Um, and so I'm really praying for uh, justice for law law. Uh, enforcement and people to, to save and rescue people. Um, it's a huge day. Uh, and that way people meet up at these large events and <clears throat> kind of covertly do all sorts of stuff. And there's a lot of power brokers out there that um, utilize people for profit anyway. So this is a big weekend. So first off is I'm just praying for justice. Um, <clears throat> the, the, I know the Psalm that I usually pray uh, when stuff like this pops up is, uh, I believe it's Psalm 10, but let me make sure I get this one right. Um, it's uh, a <clears throat> Psalm 10, 15. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness that would not otherwise be found out. So when it comes to human trafficking, it's kind of like my, it's one of my prayers behind it all is just, this is a prayer for justice behind closed doors. It's a prayer for God to bring people to account when stuff goes on that's horrible, that maybe no one else will ever know about. Um, this is a reminder that that really the creator of all life sees the good and sees the bad 
And um, unlike me, unlike us, um, I believe that God sees injustice, all of it, all day long. He's very familiar with it. So anyways, <clears throat> before I, I kind of share what I felt like was a pretty cool little encouragement um, for the Sunday morning uh, Bible study, <laughs> uh, for Rev Talk Sunday morning Bible study, uh, I just wanted to say maybe that's my, my prayer. Psalms 9 or Psalms 10 verse 14 says, But God, you see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness that would not otherwise be found out. It's indiscriminate. The, the justice and the mercy of God finds, finds it all out. And so that's my prayer, is that especially for Super Bowl Sunday, in the face of this uh, kind of despicable use of manipulation and coercion and fraud and force and, you know, all that stuff that God would do something rad. Um, anyways, um, that was just kind of a thought I had um, before we begin the uh, uh, Bible study. So we'll get into the Bible study. Um, I, I, I'm in the book of Mark. So I want you to go to Mark. We're going to go towards the end of Mark. So, <clears throat> yeah, my, my homie JD, he leads an amazing church um, called the Greater Church of Chicago um, in Oak Park in Chicago. And so he actually did a, um, he's been doing a podcast series with, uh, with his church and um, just his regular sermons they record. And he just encouraged his uh, church to be reading with them as they are, they're going to be going through the book of Mark. Um, I think for the next month. And so anyways, <clears throat> I, I just, I've got his back and I love him. I think he's a really cool human. He's a great teacher. Um, super awesome dude. He's a friend. So I was like, yeah, I'll read Mark with your church too. Um, something popped out to me that <clears throat> I thought would be really cool. Um, I, I guess I just really, I don't know. Part, part of what I, I, I feel like compelled to do in, in terms of um, uh, the Rev Talks podcast and kind of setting, setting up a, a um, support system for this uh, community that's being built and for this <clears throat> sort of digital tribe that we're all a part of. Um, nothing will replace the magic of, of two or three of us gathering together. Um, there's something really beautiful in the Holy Spirit that happens um, more specifically it says that when two or three gather kind of in the name and the spirit of Jesus that the presence of God that Jesus actually manifests his presence with us <clears throat> so there's there's gonna, never going to be a substitute for um, us connecting and being together I also know that throughout church history there's times and seasons where um, especially in the underground or in the martyred or the persecuted church that when there's people right now that are in prison on their own um, there's times and seasons when you have to sort of, you strengthen yourself in the Lord. You do what you can to edify yourself. You do what you can to recall scripture and the story of Jesus and <clears throat> how precious this thing called the Bible is. And so um, this is meant to be um, an encouragement to and sort of a support for those of you that are in community um, that have people, that have humans with um, <laughs> with hearts 
<clears throat> turned on and you can have conversation and you can look at each other and you can share meals and you can talk through and pray with one another. So this is just meant to help support um, the, the real nuts and bolts community that is um, the Rev gatherings uh, worldwide. But <clears throat> it's also kind of an opportunity um, to do something. Maybe it's a gathering point uh, for those of you that aren't currently in community or maybe you're in the process of trying to figure out what that is going to mean for you in your Christian walk and in your discipleship, if you're trying to follow Jesus, um, there's the Song of Solomon sort of inclination of like, you know, where are you, God? Uh, especially when you feel lonely, when you feel like you're on your own, or if you're in between two points, it's like, God, wh where are you? I just want to meet with you. Like, why can't I just see you? And um, the king, you know, the, the, the king in that beautiful <clears throat> poetic work in scripture, he says, if you don't know the most beautiful of women, follow the shepherds, like keep in step with the shepherd's tent, like go where the shepherds are, graze your flocks there. It's like kind of stay in community, stay in the body, stay near the shepherds. And so even when there's a tendency in me to want to isolate and back away from some of the stupid stuff that I don't necessarily connect with at all within <clears throat> modern church culture, or there's just so much that feels plastic or fake or put on that I, I can't stomach in different seasons of my life. Behind it all, I know that if I don't connect with people and I don't fellowship, I know that I'm out of order. I just know it. <clears throat> and there's times when it's very difficult. And so if you're on your own and you don't have community, or if you're part of a community, or more specifically, you're part of our tribe, and you're, you're part of kind of the Rev family, I just wanted to be able to offer these kind of uh, Bible study moments so that uh, as a community, we knew, and, and what was being supported in our culture was... Um, the centrality of Jesus' story, that, that scripture is so important, that, that reading the Bible is awesome, because that's where God can speak to you directly as you kind of behold Jesus's story. Um, and so the Bible is so important, and I just love it a lot. So <clears throat> this is just, you know, one of many that'll be coming our way over the, the next, you know, weeks and months and years. It's just, um, a, sort of a, a Bible study moment. And so one of the things that popped up today, so we're in the book of Mark, the Super Bowl Sunday, Lord Jesus, <laughs> hear our prayer. Um, <clears throat> this is, uh, this is actually Mark 16 uh, and verse one. So this is actually uh, right after the historical death of Jesus of Nazareth. And this is actually the, the beginning of um, the Bible's uh, description, right? of the historical resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. This is potentially, and I believe with all my heart, um, the greatest miracle in human history is um, Jesus calling a shot. I will, I will go to this place at this time. I will, this, these things will happen. I will be crucified and die. And on the third day, I will rise again. Um, if that is true, which I believe it is, the implications are so awesome. So, this is kind of where we're at, Mark 16, verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome uh, bought, bought, bought spices so they may go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man. <clears throat> dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, 
who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. So <clears throat> this is powerful. Um, there's a couple things that pop up for me as I look at this, and I don't know what, what shoots up for you. So, you know, uh, in, in, um, I like this question, you know, from verse three. They, they go on the first day of the week, and the reason they go, <laughs> they go to anoint Jesus's body in the tomb. They go, to, they go to minister to him in, in that state. Like, even though he has died, he is still so precious to them that they still go to minister to Jesus in the tomb. Um, and they ask each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? I like the idea that they bought spices and they were set up to go. And they're going to go minister to him, even though the tomb is sealed and there's a huge stone in front of it. And this is a huge deal. Like, I'm still going to go <laughs> worship. I'm going to go mourn. I'm going to go be with him, even if it means someone has to roll the tombstone out of the way so I can get to him um, in a way that I understand. Like, there's something about that, going to minister and going to anoint him in the tomb, even if that means I'm going to inconvenience, you know, the graveyard. I don't care. Like, I just need to go and minister to his body because, and I think this is so beautiful, the idea that, you know, they would go and say, I know that, I know that he's gone. I know that maybe um, there's a very beautiful kind of image of, of Mary of Bethany anointing him just before his burial. And so her perfume had drenched him. And I wonder if there was a scent of like, I remember the last time I saw him, he smelled like, you know, he smelled like that fragrance. And so even though he's dead, I, I, I remember him smelling so good last time I was with him. And so let's go anoint his, his body. And because I don't want to, I don't want to believe it. And even if it's true, I still, I still want to see him and, and remember him. Um, and I want him to be as beautiful as he can be for as long as possible. I think a lot of times when we, we grieve something or someone um, in God, our tendency is to go back to that place. So there's a lot there. You know, they're going back to the tomb to anoint his body and honor him and also be with him and also probably kind of see if it's real. And they're like, man, who's going to let us into the tomb? When they look up, they see that the stone, which is very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Um, it's wild, you know, that that I believe that's a type and shadow. I love the picture. I think it literally happened, but I also love the way that scripture sort of describes this. They look up and they see that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And there's there's essentially this angelic figure. There's this, this man dressed in glowing white that's seated, like seating sit, sit sitting seated <laughs> right next to the tomb and they are terrified they're alone they're so scared i mean imagine that you show up and it's like whoa what is this he says don't be alarmed you're looking for jesus the nazarene who was crucified he has risen he is not here 
see the place where they laid him. I, I like that because a lot of us in process, uh, I would say this, if, especially if you're sort of going through this change that I feel like a lot of people are, there's so much about Jesus. It's undiscovered. There's so much grace and wonder, there's so much wonder. <laughs> there's like so much treasure in Jesus that I've not discovered. And yet my history and my story of being a part of Jesus's church and his people, there's been certain times where um, I feel, I feel like as though I've sort of stunted my own growth in some ways. I've, I've come to the end of what I thought I needed to figure out, or I got arrogant and in a sense and thought, well, I've kind of got this sort of down. And so I think what I need to do now is I need to like get on with sharing what I know with the whole world. And in the meantime, there's like vast rooms of, glory in, in who this, this man Jesus is that I've, I've gotten bored or, or apathetic, you know? And so a lot of times I would say this for me, and, and I don't know if this is true for you, but there's been times and seasons, almost like markers, mile markers in my Christian life when I've just gotten so, I've gotten spent or I've been tired in the journey, or I felt so like it's played out that I'm like, I'm not moved. And so then I hear a verse like from, you know, I'll hear a sermon or something. It's like, go back to your first love. And so <clears throat> in a sense, so I, I almost try to go back to the things that really inspired my heart at the beginning. And I think that's kind of what they're talking about. But I think in my journey, it's felt like I'm going back to the garden tomb and I'm hope, I'm hoping that he's there. Um, and if I can go to the garden tomb, I can anoint him there. Maybe something will matter. And the invitation that I see from Jesus to me and to people like me or to you, if that's your story, like I haven't been connected for a while, but I'm, I'm just trying to get back to where I was, right? I'm just trying to go back to where it was good. I'm, I'm just trying to get back to a time when it made sense. And so we go back to the tomb and we're hoping that someone's going to do a miracle for us and we'll be able to roll away some big stone and we'll go back and he'll be dead, but we'll be there. And somehow that's going to be better than where we are. And I love that heaven rolled the stone away and said, he's not here. He's risen. <laughs> he was here. Like, it's cool that you're here, but like, he's not here anymore. Um, what you're looking for isn't here. He's risen. Go. Right? Like there's this, he's not in the past I know what you're doing here. He's not here. He's actually, he's on the move. Look where he was. You're right. This used to be a place where you could have come. And he was here. He's not here anymore. Go, right? And, and so I had coaches and mentors in the last couple of years specifically that said, um, and this is, I think, deeply biblical in that it says that Jesus is the one who was, the one who is, and the one who will come. That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. There's this sense that Jesus is past, present, future. Like he's in all of those things. But it's, it's impossible for me to go to the past. And, and it's very difficult for me to be in the present, if I'm really honest. I find myself either obsessing over what it could be like or stuck in replaying what it was. So being present has been really challenging for me. And one of the mentors that I was working with, brilliant dude, he said, um, in order 
in order for you to really like be who you are, you have to actually be very future focused. You have to actually anchor yourself in a vision. And if God is the God of provision and he's always providing a new opportunity, a new breath, a new, um, a new sense of like God is a provider and he's always providing all the time. But if you're not, if you're not anchored in a vision for the future, you, you're going to resort to the past or you're going to be like kind of nowhere and not in like the good nowhere place, but like kind of in like a weird one. And so I found that as I connected to vision in God, having a vision for where we're going, having a vision for where I feel like he's taking me or just being open to his leadership. It was like by anchoring my dreams in the, in what could come. I found myself being pulled out of the past and I found myself uh, present a bit more. So I'm saying this because a lot of us are in the journey of trying to make sense of what Jesus is and what the church is and what our Christianity even means. And our natural tendency is to go back to the tomb, the last place that we saw him. And we want to go there. We want to anoint him there. This is, I'm just reading into what, what's coming up for me. This, this may or may not have anything to do with where you're at, but they go back to anoint a dead man. <laughs> And does that make sense? They go back to where he was, where he's been enshrined, where he's been entombed. And they go back to this monument that was their friend, their Lord, their master. And they go back to the monument because that's as close as they can get. And he's not there because he's alive, because he's on the move. And so this angel says, he's not here, but go. Verse seven, but go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Like, there's a, there's a vision. The thing that stuck out to me, and I'm, I'm turning a very simple message into something longer, because just, I'm just a talkative preacher, and that's just how it works. But <clears throat> verse 7 is what I wanted to share with a lot of you guys. I don't know where everybody's at. I feel as though I'm, I'm attempting to bring encouragement and hope um, to those of you that are losing faith. Uh, those that have grown tired with Christianity, those that are bored, or those that are so remarkably disappointed in the state of things um, that you you just don't even know if it's real. I, I want to let you know that I, I've, I'm saying this with a full heart, even though we've gone through so much horrendous stuff in the last couple of years. Personally, I mean, that me and Chrissy Green, we've, we've really, really suffered loss in big ways in our own little world, and we've despaired. We've really had moments where it's been very tricky to try to maintain a sense of belief. And Jesus is real. He's real, still there behind all of this. And so if you're in the midst of it, I just want to let you know, it's like, you're not crazy to feel crazy. It's kind of a crazy time, but um, keep the faith. And so this verse, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. There's things that Jesus has spoken to all of our hearts, you know, and, and there's things that there's dreams and there's there's encouragement. There's like discipleship talk, like this is where you are. And you felt from the Holy Spirit, like you're dealing with this thing right now, or, hey, you need to be aware of this attitude in your life, or, hey, you want to go towards this job or destination. And, and the Lord was leading you. And then we get clobbered by a lot of different things in the natural, in the spirit. Sure. And all of a sudden we begin to lose our way. So then we go back to where we last knew him. And I want to say that, uh, I love that this go tell his disciples and Peter, 
So some of you guys are, are disciples that, that you're just, you're sad in, in the state of where you're at in your faith. Some of you guys are, are Peters. You're like me. You're people that have, you, I, I have, I don't know if all of you have, but I know that there's some of you guys that have literally turned your back on Jesus. You, you've literally like denied him. And I just want to say to you that Mark 16, verse 7 is for you today. Go tell his disciples and Peter, Peter, the one who Jesus said, you will betray me. You will literally disown me publicly. You will turn away multiple times. You will crack under the pressure. You will fall apart. You do not have the integrity that you think you do. And when push comes to shove, you will bail. Jesus says this to one of the dudes he loves most, and it happens. But as Jesus rises, he's like, I don't forget anyone. Tell my people, tell my disciples, and go tell Peter, the one who is so overcome with bitterness because of what I've meant, right? Like, I can't imagine how disappointed Peter was watching Jesus get caught and arrested and just seemingly give away everything they've been building. Like there's so much bitterness that can enter our souls as disciples when we, we watch God not do what we thought he was going to do or put us on the spot in ways or seemingly abandon us or leave us alone, which we, we just don't see it in the moment. I'm telling you, but there's a lot of people that could be hearing this, that you've turned your back in some ways on Jesus because he didn't do or didn't show up for you the way that you really felt like you needed him to. And I, I just want to say to you, it's like, I don't think that you're crazy. I think that I've been there. I think I've heard from so many men and women that are much older than, than me and much more potentially than many of you that are hearing this. And they've gone through those same seasons. All of us have been that. Peter, we've been in that place where we're like, nope. And the rooster's about to crow and it doesn't matter. And he's told us it's going to be really hard. And we're like, yeah but we don't really believe it. And then we hit the end of ourselves and we freak out. And, G and Jesus makes sure, you know, like the, the father of all creation makes sure to tell very, very, very beginning, remember him. There's a vision, go forward. He's over there, go get him. And then his words will make sense to you. But don't forget my guy, the guy that feels like he's out, the guy that feels like he's been, he is the worst because he betrayed Jesus. Go get the one that betrayed him too. Don't just tell the people. Tell the ones that, that feel like they're out. And so I just want to say this. If you actually feel like you've been a Peter, you've been one who betrayed the Lord. You've, you've betrayed, you've, you've disowned Jesus. That Jesus wants you too. So much is changing, and I get it. And, and it's very difficult for us to go back to the tomb. Maybe that, that's a church building, or maybe that's a community, or maybe it's a place that you used to celebrate the Lord. And it's like, he's not there. It's very difficult to get our bearings in moments like that. But I just, the most important thing isn't kind of those circumstances. The most important thing that I felt was that there's a message for some of you out there, and you've turned your back on Jesus, and you've disowned him in your life, and you, you're not interested in him anymore. And it's very important that, that someone tells you, Jesus has not lost interest in you, and, and, I, and, and he's looking out. He's looking out for you. He's remembering you. You are on his mind. 
and and if I could be like one of those women that's like in process, I'm trying to go back to some of my first loves with the Lord because it's just been such a crazy time that on my way, I feel like the Lord has just said to me through this scripture, through his word, hey, there's people out there that feel like Peter. Go and tell the disciples, the ones that are running with you, you know, that he's risen, that Jesus is doing something, that this is good. It's good. What Jesus is up to is going to be way better than what it looks like. Tell the disciples that, Tommy. You know, okay, I'll tell the disciples that. In this Bible study, I'll share this like it's a message for all of us as disciples. But hey, tell the Peters out there. Tell the ones that have the biggest hearts in the whole world, and they will aim big, and they will fail big, and and they're, they're over it. Will you tell the ones that are over my son? Please don't be over my son either. Come on, come on. He's waiting for you too. And if you will turn your heart in his direction, Jesus will show you who you really are. I still believe that with all my heart. It's not a, like a judgment or a punishment word for those of us that have really like gotten cold. It's literally like a, hey, let's turn this back on. Come on, come on. So if that resonates with you, um, please let me know because that's the, those are the people right now, the disciples and the Peters, the ones that men and women, right, that have just, I'm done, I'm over it. Please don't be over it. Please don't be over him. You can be over us, you can be over the church culture, you can be over this weird season of <laughs> whatever this is that we're in. But please don't be over Jesus. Please don't be over Jesus. And, and the way that you please don't be over Jesus is please revisit his story. Please invite him to speak to you, to encounter you in your life. Please don't give up. Please don't walk away. Um, he's present for you too. So if you've ever felt like the betrayer or you felt like the one that's disowned him in your story, I want to invite you to to come and see, come and see him again. And that's my prayer today. So Jesus, please give justice and, and, and mercy to the poor people all across this nation. This huge weekend of Super Bowl Sunday, God, I ask that you would, you would rescue men and women and children from the clutches of injustice this weekend. And God, I pray that you'd actually rescue me from my apathy and my boredom and my frustration and my anger with, with whatever being a Christian is. I pray right now for, for men and women that are going to hear this podcast that have felt like Peter. Like he's just not, Jesus is not important to me anymore. He didn't come through or I don't understand or it doesn't matter anymore. Whatever that is, like the, the people that have really felt like they needed to turn away from him in order to save their life, to kind of, to just have a better life. Jesus, would you come? Please, would you come? And would you, would you touch their hearts right now? Would you speak to them right now? With your precious, precious Holy Spirit, would you, would you be the genius that you are and encounter people that hear this right now and turn their hearts on, turn the fire in their heart back on? In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thanks for doing a quick Bible study with me. And um, I'm, I'm so proud of you all. If you need anything, uh, hit us up, therevgatherings.com. Hit us up at uh, therevgatherings at gmail. Dot com, I think is the email there. Um, thanks for tuning in to the Rev Talks podcast, and I uh, will see you next time.
Hey, you guys, Tommy Green here. Just want to say thank you again for listening to this episode of the Rev Talks podcast. Our hope with each and every episode is that it would encourage you, maybe give you a reason to have a laugh, expand your capacity on the inside to love and empathy, appreciation, hopefully make your world just a little bit bigger and uh, give you faith, hope, for the future. If you like what you heard, again, please share, subscribe, give us a good rating, give us some good feedback. Over all of this, thank you so much for taking us with you uh, in a small part of your day, on the drive, on on the run, you know, just as you're going about your day. Thank you so much for sharing uh, some time of your life with us on this podcast. Um, To connect with us, you can email us again at therevgatherings.com and we will see you on the next episode. Love you guys. Bye. Uh, just a quick sort of uh, promotion or commercial. Um, the, a lot of you guys know that Chrissy and I have a high commitment um, to the struggle and the fight to end uh, human trafficking in our generation. Uh, many of you guys know that we are the directors of a nonprofit called Run Against Traffic. And um, if you have any interest at all in joining the fight with us, if you are a runner or a walker or someone that cares about uh, seeing the survivors um, of human trafficking restored, seeing their lives put back together again after, you know, whatever circumstances and situations have brought them through this like terrible journey of force or fraud or coercion um, at the hands of human trafficking. Uh, we would just encourage you to visit um, irunagainsttraffic.com. Join the team, run with us. We do a monthly digital run on the 15th of every month. Uh, pick up some gear, uh, join a local running club and share the fight. Um, a lot of people don't exactly know how to get involved with such a big problem, but we just want to invite you guys to become part of um, the uh, Run Against Traffic community. Um, share this with a running friend, tell them about it. Uh, visit irunagainsttraffic.com to become part of our team today. Join us in the fight to not just end human trafficking, but um, recover and restore the victims of human trafficking in our generation. Appreciate you guys. Thanks.